that is loud. <laughs> I love Rob it. Talk Radio. You can hear my thoughts. Hello, everybody, and welcome to RU Instant Reaction Review. I am your host, RUScreening.com's own Mark Eastman, and with me, as always, is co-host extraordinaire Shane Leonard. Hello. Who's got an inside just, joke going no, on? No, I just, all of a sudden, I'm, well, you know, we get ready to do the show, get everything ready, and I fire up, you know, IMDb, just because we oh, often sure. we often want right. to ask, you know, we say something like, well, what film did he do? And or they've something. got some fun stuff and on there. It just, it just hit me, like, in a nanosecond, all the dominoes fell because they have a list of things on here I've never seen before, like celebrities born today. And I went, oh, that would be kind of fun to just be like, hey, happy birthday, Jane Seymour and Alex Bornstein and John Barrett. And I start flipping, and I'm like, okay, uh, okay, well, there's like 900 of these. <laughs> right. Exactly. And that could just be the show. And then I just started giggling. I'm like, wow, you know, we can't do that. that, that we can't just, start making that. That would just waves. be our whole show. That would be sure. the whole show. So, uh, Okay, so this week is anyway. The Kingsman, uh, or actually it's Kingsman The Secret Service, I guess. Right. Officially the That's name the real, of the movie. Right. Uh, and it's uh, directed by Matthew Vaughn, and it's uh, you know based on a graphic novel type thing. Colin Firth is in it, yep. and uh, Samuel and, Jackson, and, and you know, yeah, Samuel L. Jackson, and it's the big, uh, it's like Super Bond, right. the movie kind of. Right, it's yeah. like gadgets everywhere, and then it's uh, it's kind of mixed in with that uh, November Man movie we watched because it's got the whole uh, you know Colin Firth is like getting his protege right uh in the movie and then uh uh oddly enough so jack davenport is in the movie and uh i really love him but m- mostly from coupling he's been yeah. in he's been in uh, a couple of movies i think he was in like the um he's he's like the uh uh british navy guy in the pirates, uh, the, caribbean pirates films. the caribbean films yeah. and that's where i always think of him first and uh uh I've been a huge fan of coupling like forever, so yeah. that's you know that's where I always see him. And and it was funny because you, uh, I had no idea who was even in the movie. Me either. That he's, was like a super secret cameo. He's not in the trailer or anything. Yeah. And uh, so uh, I guess I can't be said to spoil anything if it's all over in the first two minutes of the Probably movie. Probably not. But he shows up in the movie, and I'm like, oh, get out of town. He's in this. That'll be cool, yeah. and it'll be fun to see him uh, do some stuff and be one of the Kingsmen or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like four and a half minutes later, he's dead. He's gone. So, right. right. So I'm, what? Yep. So no wonder they didn't overly no billing for uh, him. publicize right. Poor the Jack. fact that he's in it. Yeah. Otherwise, people would be pissed, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> They'd go, right. hey, come see Jack. Down yeah. Before. Anyway. Uh, so... Before we get to the movie, uh, I want I have to talk about the emails we've gotten over the last week. Oh, yeah, none of which we will really address. Okay, but this uh, is this is how but, we do but it. But we did actually get several emails. Okay, and uh, <clears throat> they are all basically of the form. So Fifty Shades Gray. Yeah. All oh, right. Yada yada yada. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. So when you see, and I think it's hilarious that because you know. Uh, thanks for all your emails. Thanks for writing in. As always. But uh, we are actually clever enough to figure out you don't really want us to review Fifty Shades Gray. Right. You just right. want us to, to have to it. Right. <laughs> to have to review Fifty right. Shades of Gray. Right. People are asking us all these questions about Fifty Shades Gray. You know, and and citing uh, you know <laughs> internet uh, things about it like I even mentioned. I don't know if I, I mentioned this on the show or when. When I might have mentioned this, but it turns out that, you know, the big thing on the Internet a couple of weeks ago was that like one fifth of the total runtime of the movie is sex scenes. Right. So there's a lot of sex happening. Yeah. And uh, apparently there's like a plot and everything. And I don't it's know, a long but... film. It's a two hour. <laughs> right. It's a little more than two hours. So, I mean, that's actually right. saying something. So and uh, but anyway, uh, people ask us all these questions about Fifty Shades Grey. <laughs> And uh, not one of them, do I believe, really wanted to hear us talk for an hour about Fifty Shades of Grey. Right. They just wanted it to pretend like people were interested in us reviewing it. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought that was actually kind of awesome. And well, I remember the time. Way, this was, there was a time last year where we were kind of torn about the film we were going to go see, and it really didn't matter. They it wasn't right, a good right. win. And you were like, "Hey, let us know what you want." And I just right. thought, 
Man, if I'm a listener, I, just for the fun of it, I'm going to make you see the worst of them. <laughs> exactly. Like, if you're going to throw it up to me, that's that's what you're getting. Right, and uh, that's what we got. Now, there were a couple of, like, fairly legitimate questions uh, about the movie, and, uh, you know, some people wanted to know if it really was... About Fifty Shades? Yeah, oh. if, it, if it really was really horrible acting, yeah. because a lot of reviews have said that it's bad acting or whatever uh you know people send us links to reviews and which is awesome because they're yeah. like read this review and right. then you guys tell me if it's really that bad in this particular way that that right. you know review says right. whatever um and we will have to see 50 shades gray uh, yeah. at some point yeah but we are really hoping to avoid it <laughs> yeah, as much for as possible a while. but the movie did make like 80 million dollars yeah uh, I'm, I'm surprised, actually, Me that, too. that that many people would would go see it. I mean, it's one thing it, to you know read a book in the privacy of your own home and pretend that you didn't or whatever. I, I think right? part of it, looking at, and we both tried the book and we both didn't like it. But I think part of it also is those that did, you know, really, really teetered on the tee-hee side of it and the explicit side of it and the man my mom is even reading this kind of side of it right then i think what a part of that is in a way almost kind of like gone girl ish you go and you see man what did they have the balls to really film right uh, i'm just curious about that and because, for, and for eight you know, bucks i'll find out because you know, you know what I mean? uh, like, like like gone girl now <laughs> i didn't read it but you said you read it yeah and uh like gone girl you said you know there's there's even more in the book there's, yeah, there's crazier. Yeah, death, yeah, yeah. Right in the book, so I could see that if you read the book, you you want to go, man. What will they make? Yeah, out of a movie of that. And I suppose the same sort of could be said about Fifty Shades maybe. of Grey. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Really? I, I I I guess I'm in a way in a way I'm a little surprised that it made that much, but I guess I'm not that much either. You know, it's it's that's a lot of money, but that's a big book, I don't and know. it's got this yeah. sweet spot of an audience where. Valen and Valentine's Weekend. It, it is the most perfect time to release this film because maybe you want to make your girlfriend, your wife, your fiance happy, and she says, I, "Look, this is knows, how we're gonna I do guess. it." Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, don't know. I don't know. I just think it's weird that I think it's weird that the book's that popular in the first place. I mean, for, for me, to Agreed. to a certain extent, you know, it's it, it's like somehow you know, there's never been like a trashy romance novel written before all of a sudden everyone yeah. has to read this one right. it's like dude there's a whole friggin section yeah. they're all probably written better than this anyway yeah. so i don't know yeah some like awesome marketing but anyway so uh the kingsman so that's enough about that and actually we didn't get uh we didn't get a lot of other emails about anything people have given up at this point everyone wanted to know about our best list yeah and uh, now it's it's that beginning of the year break. Nobody cares about anything that's coming out except Fifty Shades. But it's like a while before any like giant things come out. I wonder so. if we'll have time next week, or if you'll be interested, because next Sunday's show, assuming we do it, you know, weather or whatever, uh, is Oscar Day. And I wonder right. if we'll make a quick Oscar prediction, you know, at that point. Like we'll be hours before the show. Maybe we say this is what we think is going to win, or maybe we don't even say it and yeah. we just sit back and laugh, or maybe it's, we ask them to say what's in it. It's, it's, you know? a, it's a kind of tricky, weird, weird. year uh, in a way, but in another way, uh, maybe, I, I think it's not very tricky because yeah. I think that the way to bet right now is that Boyhood's going to win everything it's nominated for. Pretty much. And if I were to bet on you, I would say you don't want that. Like I, I definitely right, don't want right. that. No. Like it would almost be more interesting to be like, what do you really hope doesn't win? Instead right. of what do you think does win? I, I think because I think your ballot just looks like boyhood across the bay. You know, I think, I think it's pretty easy. Yeah, as far as actually trying to predict what's gonna win, <laughs> as opposed to what you think should win or whatever, yeah. but uh, trying to predict what's actually gonna win, I think that uh, everything possible pretty much except for maybe a couple of categories yeah but i think everything is going to be boyhood or birdman right and boyhood's going to have it's going to edge more, it. yeah right but it's <laughs> going to it's going to be one of those and then there's a lot of other categories this is a very strange year in the snub mm -hmm. area because there are so many things where you would go well so this won the golden globe so that's leads you to think that maybe it'll win the Oscar or this yep. one, the critics choice. So that leads you to believe it might win. And it didn't even get nominated right. for the Oscar. Right, for any, there, yeah. there are 
several yeah. spots where that's the case and you're going, uh, well, then I guess I don't know. But My hope is, you know, real quick, because I know we're moving on. My hope is that it got a lot of nominations and it won a lot of other awards, but maybe this will be the year where Boyhood takes, you know, three different awards, none of the what they call the majors, and something else swoops in. You know, it's happened before, uh, but it could. We'll see. It could, it could be one of those years. I think Boyhood just has too much steam behind it at this point. Yeah. And everyone loves it, and everyone thinks... Almost. You know, you know like yeah, I almost. said, it, if you spend 12 years making a movie, you're you're going to be pretty good. Right. And, and you're going to get a lot of attention, and everyone's going to think you're awesome, whether it turns out the movie's that good or not. Right. Yeah. Um. But anyway, uh, I think... You would almost hope, except that I like Birdman better, and if Birdman wants some stuff, I'd be good. I'd be happy with that. But you might think that this could be one of those ones where a lot of people are going to vote Boyhood, a lot of people are going to vote Birdman, and they're going to split it enough that something else comes in between. Grand Budapest. And takes something. That would be fun. Well, I think think a lot of people might be like, look, I know Boyhood's going to take a lot, so I'm just going to vote for these guys just for the fun of it. And then maybe enough people do that, suddenly Boyhood doesn't take a whole lot. Man, it sounds like we really hate Boyhood, you know. I, I really kind of do, though. I don't hate the film. I just hate how presumptuous I, you, have to, I you hate, have to be in order to love the shtick. I hate, yeah, I just hate the fact that it's all shtick. I don't yeah. mind the movie in the sense that, um, okay, it's like an average movie and it was yeah. uh, fairly fun. But like I said before, if you take that movie and just make it the regular way, yeah, and just have somebody else. I mean, remove the shtick and take yeah. out the shtick and go tell that story, but yeah. use different We've actors. Yep. Yeah, I mean, no what one, got? no one would care at all. Right, and it's right. and it doesn't it doesn't actually get anything yeah. out of it. Anyway, yeah. uh, we don't need to go back over Boyhood again. Okay, so uh, Kingsman. <laughs> uh, you know, we could talk about the trailer for this real quick because yeah. I think the trailer, like I think the trailer worked pretty well. I think you get 100% movie. of what you see in the trailer. Right. I think I, really I think you know where you're ending up. For good or bad, apart that's what you get. From, apart from the movie does have uh, you know, a, a few different things that you might not have yeah. seen coming right. or, or something, right. which a uh, movie should have anyway. Yeah. But it's you know it's not fooling you about yeah. anything, and it's laying things out pretty good. So if you think that you're going to like the movie – that the trailer is, you're, you're probably right. going to like it. I mean, it's, yeah. it's pretty good there. Yeah. All right. So um, we're right at our time. I can't remember. Now I forgot the guy's name. Mitch? Um, I feel like it was Mitch, but I don't know. From we're, last we're, week? we're at the time. Oh, when, yeah. We're Mitch. We're yeah, that was say, Mitch. We're about we're 15 minutes in. Yeah. Uh, so I give this one uh, seven and a half. Yeah. It was, uh, you know, it was fun a lot of the time. And you really have to. Uh, some of it was kind of silly. Yeah. Some of it was like really too much, <laughs> and I was kind of rolling my eyes. And it was clearly getting like knocked down mm-hmm. in serious places. But this is a movie I think that it, you watch the first ten minutes of it, and you know what's going on, right. and you go, "All right, it's just going to be like goofy, you know, like kick ass, yeah, uh, kind of thing." This movie for me is more like Kick Ass Two, yeah, which I didn't think was as good as, as Kick Ass, right? right? <laughs> it, it it just wasn't, you know. There was a there was a weird kind of, you know, if you compare it to Kick Ass, which in ways it's very similar, and you've got the same director, and yeah. uh, you know, based off of graphic novels and the whole thing. There's something about this movie where it's hard to say that Kick Ass was taking itself real seriously. Um, because I don't know that it was taking itself real seriously. But there was something about Kick-Ass where it just was, it felt like trying to be a more realistic metaphor story. And so we were doing things a little bit more seriously to try and keep that intact. Yeah. Instead of going, ah, let's just be crazy or something. And this one has, you know, this one's okay. I don't know where you would what you would do with a metaphor for this movie. But this one was just, there were times where it was just, it seemed like there are certain days they were filming where they were drunk and they, and they just went, ah, do this. That'll be awesome. Right. And then we have to sit through that and, and let, and let it somehow, you know, work mesh its way into everything else. And so there were parts where it just got, 
too goofy for me. Yeah. And I just went, ugh, you know, now it's you sucked all the fun out of it for me. And, yeah. But a lot of it was really fun. So before I just start rambling on about the well, movie, I'll just leave it at that. But oh, I, I still had a lot of fun with it. Yeah. I just had a lot of problems with it too. So. Yeah. Along with along with what we said about the trailer, like I got the film that I thought I was going to get, and man, and I think we said this that we've said this a couple of weeks in a row. I was really in the mood for this film. I was too. You know, sitting down, I was like, "Look, let's let's just have this film and just be just fun and and energetic and and I I felt like for the most part, which is why I'm giving it an eight. I I got that. Right. You know, and in a, in a weird way, I felt like a lot of what it had to struggle with was both what a film like this has to do if it's going to set up a series of films. You know, it's got to do the introduction, the Genesis story. We got to figure out who all these people are very quick, but it can't be real quick because there's a lot of stuff to do. And then you got to get the hero in and the kid and it all has a lot of things to have happen. But then he also has to be trained. So then there's that origin story. Then he's got to save the world. Like it's not just got to fight some bully or bad guy. Like, of course the world is in peril. Right. So there's a lot of heavy stuff you've got to deal with. And in two hour film, you know, it just kind of gets a little cliche in places. And there right. were times where, you know, over the top, you know, things, but this guy has made like kind of a career being the over the top, you know, this is what kick-ass really did for a lot of people. Right. But the story for kick-ass was designed better and maybe streamlined more to be over the top and then embracing it. This one felt right. over the top in a bad way, almost like you loaded your grocery cart with too much. Right. And, and whether things fell out or if the metaphor continues, you know, your, your wheel starts wobbling, whatever. It just didn't stay the course as easily as kick-ass did. And, and I think that's just by the nature of the story. Um, but if it, if anything, you know, it was really fun to see Colin Firth play kind of outside of his yeah. like expected box. And right. he was great. Yeah. And, and Samuel Jackson was a fun enough villain, though I, I really I did, genuinely I thought of him. Actually, I genuinely thought from the trailer with the whole lisping thing, I thought, I wasn't going to like him at all. I thought, man, they don't usually miscast Sam Jackson often, or he doesn't misread something often. So somebody right. said, let's play it like that. And and I know there's a story behind it. I don't know it yet, but I I, I liked him I, more I, than I, I, I saw I guess, him in an interview not too long ago, and he said he just decided to do he it. He just did it? Well, and I so guess if you're Sam Jackson, yeah. you come in, you're like, this is what I want to do. And right. I, I guess Matthew Vaughn was like, that's cool. Do it. You know, because it doesn't say he can't do it. So... But I liked it more than I thought I was going to, and I thought I was going to hate it. So don't misunderstand that right. I loved it. I just didn't have the problem. But I still, yeah, I didn't, I didn't like him as much. And you know, like you were saying with Kickass, I think one of the things that is was a little bit weird for me. And you know, keep in mind that we do this all the time. It's not like we're actually rating this movie that low. We're rating right, it pretty, pretty high. high, pretty high. And yet we're going to talk about. And we're going to bag on talk it. about it, right? <laughs> But um, I did not love Samuel L. Jackson, and you know there was a very weird disconnect I thought mm-hmm. between the guy Samuel L. Jackson was playing and the actual character that works in this story. Yeah, I thought they were actually different characters. Yeah, and so you know was he doing a good enough job playing the character he was playing? Sure. But was it the character he should have been playing? No. Not exactly, right. I thought, anyway. It was just, it was a little bit odd. And, you know, not that he was bad or anything, but it just was, it just was a little sketchy whenever he was on, uh, for an extended period of time, anyway. You know, there are, there are a lot of scenes where he's in there, but he's only on the screen for like a minute. Right. And then he's, and he's fine, gone. Yeah. Right. But when he's doing something really for a while, I, it, it starts me pretty big. But anyway, back to uh, Kick-Ass. You know, when Kick-Ass came out, I felt like that one, and who knows if this even comes directly from the graphic novel, because yeah. I haven't read it and I don't know. But uh, I felt like that one was sort of, it was almost like a weird challenge of a story. Like someone said... You know, you make a superhero movie and it you got all these clichés it has to have. So you can't do that anymore. You right. have to not use any of the clichés. Yeah. And uh Mark Millar, who uh writes graphic novel, goes, "Really? What if you use all the clichés and make it good anyway?" Right. And it was like this weird, you know, like, like challenge kind you know, of a thing, yeah. right? Yeah. And this one was almost the same idea except that it didn't work. 
Yeah. It, it was still like it was something missing. Let's just use all the cliches of everything, right. and and then it just didn't actually make it to the same place yeah. ultimately. And I thought, you know, there were some parts of it where, you know, we're going to be a little bit spoilery in this. I think yeah. so. We'll give you like fair warning because there's this one part that I just have to talk about because it drove <laughs> me crazy watching it, and it's like, God, three quarters of the way through okay. the movie, right? But there's this part, and it's weirdly, like, cliche kind of uh, donkey thing, really. If you watch enough movies, especially if you've watched movies, you know, over the last lot of years, right? right? Uh, they So they go to this Kingsman training and everything. First of all, when you, he does the thing where he locks the door like the coward of the county at the beginning, yeah, that's not as interesting as it could have been. That, I, I think that scene is cool, but that scene could have been a lot better if it wasn't just like, you know, let's just cut and paste the scene out of yeah. like a dozen other movies. They could have done something else with it. But anyway... So um, Colin Firth, you know, recruits this kid, and we see this whole long backstory that goes, like, years back to when right. a kid gets this medal that has the secret number on it, and blah, 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 blah. And uh, anyway, but when they go, finally, and you get to the training thing, um, pretty quickly in their start of training, there's this, like, pick a puppy thing. Yeah. And as soon as they do that, you know what's going to happen. Yeah. And and then when you get to what's supposed to happen, mm-hmm. it's really dumb. Yeah, I thought that whole part. I was like, really? I don't think that part of the film though is for us. I, I know that's not an excuse. I don't know or who an it's absolution. For, well, I I think it's for a a fifteen, sixteen, seventeen year old person who hasn't seen the films that we have. That that, that experience that story yeah, but has the to the end start of it somewhere. is still wrong. I know. I know. I'm just saying no that matter I think, who it's for. I think that's probably in there not for us, even though we could see that coming. As yeah. soon as they had eight dogs out, I'm like, yep. Know right. how that's gonna right. end but, and know who's gonna fail and knew what but, you know. But you know how it's gonna end. Yeah. But then the trick of it, I guess, so that you don't know how <laughs> it's gonna end right. is that uh I guess the right answer is not what you're right. expecting. That's the only thing. And that, but it's just dumb. Yeah. <laughs> and then we have to go through this whole call and fur thing where it's like, you know, he sells that scene you, though, man. When he when he, he's in the bathroom, he, he pushes that he scene. Good. He sells the. He scene. does great. He sells the scene very well, but it's like he's a really good used car salesman who knows that the car he's selling you is a piece of crap. Yeah. <laughs> and, but he sells it to you anyway, yeah. and you still buy it. But then you get home and you go, wait a minute. <laughs> That was, I didn't. I didn't have the issue you did with it. I, I know it's a cliche theme. I, I but. thought that whole thing was just uh, ridiculous, especially all of the other stuff that comes along up to that point about the Kingsmen. And you're like, okay, the Kingsmen are cool, and then you go, oh wait, the Kingsmen are psychopaths, <laughs> and it's like, uh, let's figure out, you know, making sure we get the exact right person to fill our spot in the Kingsmen. Right. right. And it's all going fine. Right. And then you find out, oh, wait, one of the requirements is that you're a lunatic. Yeah. <laughs> and then you go, hooray for there's the Kingsman. A, there's a couple moments where the story just kind of takes a weird leap only because you're paying attention. Like there's a moment later on where uh, Colin Firth is investigating Jack's death. And finally, Samuel Jackson figures it out because he says, you know, this guy's representing somebody because he's talking about his partner or his friend right, and all right, these yeah. things. He's like, there's more than these people. We've got to find out who they are. Then it cuts, and then it, it's actually one of the best parts uh, in, a, in a sideway way of thinking about Sam Jackson's kind of character stuff. Like, there's a 20 minute scene where he does the McDonald's thing, which I, I actually kind of right. like that. That was a pretty cool scene. And then when he sees him at Taylor, when he's right. at the Taylor, that moment where he goes, What are you doing here? You know, right. that's a solid moment where his character is who he's supposed to be. Right. But just before that, he actually says, like, We got to find out what this Kingsman's doing. And I'm like, Wait. Now you know who these guys are. Like, there's a big jump there in the story right. where you didn't know, and now you know. Right. But anyway, th- that's a nitpicky thing. I-, I agree with you. I think that like what he did with, um, you know, what Matt Vaughn did with Kickass was take a lot of the cliches of superhero films and just really make them work for the film. Man, there's an equal number, if not more, for spy movies. Right. And there, there's just and they're an all, element here. And they're all here. And one of the weird things about this one is that it tries to do, I guess, kind of 
both versions of having cliches. That's what I think the problem is. Which I think runs I think it slows it down. Itself. I do too. I think it had to commit it's, or just <clears throat> acknowledge it and move past it. Right. But it so, wants it both ways. So so it's got on the one hand all these cliches just keep happening. Yep. And you know, to the movie's credit, a lot of them happen well. They do. And you're like, They're okay, fun. okay so that's what yeah. we're doing. And it's we're on the same sort of track as, you know, uh, Kick-Ass. Yeah. But then at the same time, you get these scenes like where, uh, you know, Colin Firth comes out of the church. And uh, and then Samuel L. Jackson, like, addresses cliches. Right. Talks about Says, cliches a bit. Thing. And yep. then goes, oh, hot, this isn't that kind of movie. <laughs> right. And you, I don't think you can do both of those. Right. Right. Either you just do that through the whole movie, yeah. or you can't be that direct in yeah. challenging the cliches that are everywhere else in the movie. Right. That scene would be okay if the whole rest of the movie was not also littered with cliches, right. that it was doing exactly yeah. that same way. I mean, even when, you know, oddly enough, there's um, cliches in movies can be really tricky because, uh, you know, you've never seen a bad guy kill people with her fake legs before. Right. And yet it's a complete cliche that you have a girl killing people with her fake legs. And so it's like, you, you just can't, I think have both of those things going on, you know? And I don't know. It's just, it makes it like difficult to have everything work together. And especially when you're setting up the Kingsmen and the Kingsmen are like, you know, built on cliche after cliche right. of, you know, Bond movies and movies that came before Bond movies right. and and the whole thing is setting up this secret thing. Yeah. Because eventually it's trying so hard to do all these things that then it kinda like stops and has that scene with the McDonalds and yeah. and we're going really slow and then we're thinking about everything. And and then you start, you know, if the Kingsmen were really the Kingsmen where, you know, billionaire psychopaths trying to take over the world has never even heard of them right. and has, doesn't know what's going on <laughs> with them. And you have the, you know, billionaire psychopath who's trying to kill everyone on Earth and everything. One of those guys would have just killed the other one right, right. there. Right. I'm not sure if he's a bad guy trying to take over the world, but I'm just going <laughs> to shoot him anyway. Right, right. Because you're a kingsman and no one knows you exist. Yeah. So why would you not? Yeah. And if you're the psychopath and you think that he's a kingsman, you would just kill him. And, yeah. I mean, whatever. But it's just like it tries to do so many versions of things that it kind of forces you out of just letting it play out no, like be it like kick ass did yeah. you know kick ass yeah. didn't have any of these parts where you go wait a minute right. because now i'm going to think about things you're just going woohoo <laughs> yeah. i mean you know you just it has to either just go with the fun of being crazy yeah. cliche ridden thing right or it's got to do a whole lot of other stuff different yeah, as, to, to support as, it as well, as well right? Yeah. And right. and it can't do them all. And then all of a sudden you get, you know, like I said, you get like the princess that we rescue at the end. I'm like, that was just drinking day. I don't know what I don't know what that is about. That whole but, mini subplot, side plot digression that was, was wild, bizarre, and fun and bizarre. You know, at the same time. But, you know, it's little things like that that I actually appreciated about Kingsman more than I thought I was. You know, I didn't know Jack Davenport was in it, like you said. And, man, Blink, you're late getting popcorn. You got to go get something. You know he's in it anyway because you miss him. Suddenly he's there and then suddenly he's gone. And then suddenly Michael Caine is around. And then I'm like, is Benedict Cumberbatch going to show up in a minute? Like, I didn't know who the heck was going to show up. It's going to be like a Harry Potter reunion. It could be anybody in anything. But, um, you know, with with some minuscule problems with the film that just probably only keep it from going a certain height. And again, reminding everybody, as we said we would, this film started at three stars anyway, (laughs) just because of the Fifty Shades defense that it gave us. But Taron Egerton, you know, I didn't know how much I was going to like him. He was good. As Eggsy. And he was great. That that guy's got so much charisma, maybe just in this role. I know he's done some other things, but I don't think I've seen them. Yeah, I I don't know. he, He really sold, like, that attitude and that guy... Uh, so well and so easily, like even 
even in a way like his his friends that he's at the pub with that they get in trouble and they got to run and then they're doing all this stuff like I believed that he was kind of the one that stands out around his friends and that has that capability because you right. always in these spy films it's always the one who is like either the the back talking jackass who right. never applied himself or the super secret one who always did and of course was on the secret track to being the well and I think it was guy. I think it was cool with those scenes that they sort of they explained it after it, at, right they gave it, you it some cool. information they show you and then they tell you after right. and they fill it in and I bought it you know when he's doing parkour out of yeah. his house I didn't think wow this guy's a genetic super freak I thought this is a troubled kid who just learned to shimmy down this road well and he's just they they show you enough I thought that was really cool the way they did that because they show you enough of his neighborhood right that you go you know if you were growing up there you would have that's known what you would do it. right right and I that's mean, Matthew that Vaughn Matthew Vaughn's got a lot of great stuff that's happening and he's able to contain uh, contain and control a lot of stuff it's just it just couldn't reach a zenith beyond what I thought it maybe right. could have been. anyway like right. like we say sometimes like no matter what I don't care how great this film was it was never going over nine. Like they right. just could never have done it. I would have been blown not, not away. Not unless it was not unless it was very different, different than in what, like what theory, it, right? Right. If and, they and if this, they would have taken that and made it, you know, something that could live stood in a on its realm own thing. closer to yeah. Kick-Ass, then maybe, maybe, maybe it really could have. Right. But it would have meant uh, changing a lot of stuff. But you know, I I like pretty much all of Matthew Vaughn's films in the upper ranges of eights nines, you know, nine and a halfs. Like the guy just makes these films that are really fun. And when we walked out of that, I thought like, you know, if, if you want to go, if, if this is your weekend and you're going to go see 50 shades of gray, then you, your weekend is booked. I can tell you right. what your whole weekend looks like, not just this night, <laughs> but I know what your whole weekend looks like. But if you don't have that, you know, on your calendar and, and you want to just go see something fun and action-packed, and you, you get all your money's worth out of this. Right. Like, it's really, really fun and entertaining. It's got a couple of hiccups, but it's not enough to really warrant bringing it down much. It's just kind of like, eh, you should have you been a little better there. But right. I was pretty, I was pretty psyched because I really did – the two big things going into the, into the trailer were Sam Jackson's lisping character, which I, I ain't got nothing against lisping people, but it just seemed like it was too forced. Right. And we have to pile on. It's like when you're making a character, if you're going to role play something, you're like, I need a detriment. I got to have some impediment of some sort. Like, do I have no hair or a third eye? I mean, what do you have? Well, I'll, right. I'll be a lisping supervillain. Like, okay, great. Knock yourself out. But between him and the kid, uh, Taron Egerton, I didn't know if I was going to like them. Right. But I was psyched to see Colin Firth. Colin Firth was, was and he sold every looks bit of it. good in the trailer, and yeah. he's that good. He's in that the good movie and yeah. everything. And, uh, you know, like you were saying about uh, Eggsy, you know, selling things, yeah. it, it was actually pretty interesting fairly early in the movie where the cliches really start piling on top of each other. Yeah. And the whole uh, theory of the plot moving from one place to another where, you know, he's got the jerk guy who beats his mom, you know, and the guys at the pub that right. are his, you know, crew or yeah. whatever. And, you know, going through all of that, you're like, oh, my God, it's like another, you know, abused yeah. mom situation. And yet he does really well with all those yeah. scenes. And yeah. you're like, just the fact that he can make me, you know, stomach this scene He's doing pretty well right. with this right. because it's not like the mom and the abusive guy are selling anything. Right. They right. were like, yeah, they were not special and helping right. the scene along. And right. it was all up to him to like make me want to keep watching it and not just go fine. Right. You, you know, here. whatever. Right. And, you know, that for that guy to pull that off is, uh, yeah, pretty impressive. Yeah. And, and, uh, God, now I can't remember, uh, Merlin, he was yeah. Uh, oh, um, he was fantastic. Mark Strong. Yeah, yeah, Mark Strong. He was really fantastic. He was fun. in like the littlest moments yeah. that he would pull up to like another level. Yeah. just from him being in it, you know, he'd have like scene after scene after scene where, you know, he's really only saying like two lines <laughs> yeah. for like fifteen seconds, right. and yet he's awesome. Yeah, and absolutely. And, and it wasn't like he stole scenes, but anytime he was there, every scene was better. You know, he really just improved stuff. Uh, it, you know, it, it was one of these things where I was trying to think of other examples in the film, but the easiest one that comes about, I loved all the little things. 
Like there's the they're at the end of the film. He's trying to save the world. He's got you know Merlin nearby. They're they're really in a bind, and all of a sudden, uh, a Kingsman who was rejected and got kicked out kind of steps in oh, and right, is right, a pain. Right. And, 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 and like, because he he was uh, in this little group right, when they when they started out that group. were selling out. Uh, they were selling hard the fact that they were like rich, all uh, very whatever. privileged kids or or privileged people. They're all the same. I mean, they all look like they came out of a gap in Abercrombie ad anyway. But they're right. privileged kids, and they need they need a replacement for the Kingsman because if you die, you nominate people, and they go through a process. Right. So, so he's there all of a sudden, and he he's a big block in the problem uh, in the in the uh, in the Kingsman trying to win over Sam Jackson. And normally you'd be like, where the hell did he come from? And he's got a throwaway line. He's like, of course I'm here. My parents are rich. Right. And I'm like, perfect. Like that was fun and perfect. Like right. you, you dispose we, we, of him just we have quick. To, right. And we have to have, uh, <laughs> you know, the uh, generic plot right. outline generator says we have to have something happen there. Right. To like to break that. Foil Make it harder. From, right. right. And and it, it was, was great. It was perfect. And, and little things like that pop up, and there are all these really good explanations for them. And and it's just one thing that keeps like a film like Kickass. I remember being in Kickass and just being like, I'm having the time of my life. This is so much fun. I got no idea what's about to happen. Right. Because everything is kind of like not on solid ground. And this is a little bit more predictable. And again, like you said in the beginning, that's part of the problem. But it's also like just a little hiccup like that. I really appreciate it because I was like I. I didn't think that was coming. Right. If it was coming, it would have been telegraphed, but it wasn't even telegraphed. So I forgot it was even a cliche. And, and so, you know, there are all those parts that are really good. And as we've already said, I mean, if you think that you're going to go yeah. and have fun with this movie, you're right. You're right. You're right. If you if yeah. you watch the trailer and go, ah, that looks stupid, you're probably still right. You're mm-hmm. going to think that it's really stupid. Right. right. <laughs> um, but if you watch the trailer and think this is going to be a good time, you're right. But uh, as we said, you know, with that whole, you know, back and forth with the cliche, like how in love we are with spy movie tropes and and what happens in any spy movie and all this stuff, you know, like there's that part we explained where Samuel L. Jackson says like this ain't that kind of movie or whatever. And then you've got some parts that pop up where that guy pops up and right. you know something has to go wrong there, right. right but then you know not long after that <laughs> you get to a part where you know your your plot generator says something has to happen now that kind of gets us out of this hairy situation yeah right yeah and uh, you've got him literally backed up against a wall with people all around him and there's no way to get out. And then you come up with a way to get out of it. And, but it's goofy, right? <laughs> but right. it's like, Hey, you know, what would normally happen <laughs> is, uh, you know, all these people, all these people have these chips implanted and there would be some way to just, uh, you know, make them go to sleep. Right. Or right. whatever. Yeah. And then you've got, you know, like I said, who knows if this happens in the book? You've got either Mark Millar or right. or or the director saying, "Well, what if we turn that up a notch?" And, yeah, <laughs> right, right. And then it's just goofy, and yeah. like the filming of it is even goofy. And then it's you know it's a really weird combination again. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like when Matthew Vaughn is directing a movie, what he does a lot is. When certain things go a certain way, the next thing should go in a similar way. Right. And he goes, nah, no, I, I want it to be a different way. Right. Like, you know, you have this scene in the church where people are slaughtering each other and it looks like a horror movie or right. something. And then so the next time a bunch of people die, it should be a pretty realistic thing happen because that's what we had before. Yeah. Right. Right. And yet, so instead of that, well, Matthew Vaughn says, let's do yeah. it a different way and make right. it like a cartoon. Yeah, <laughs> right. And then that happens. And then I understand the theory you're working on, but I don't think that it worked. That part of the movie, I started going, uh, now I don't know what That's when, do. I don't it's know, I was having a crazy. lot of fun with it. That's when he went right back into kick-ass mode, too. Like you, I mean, obviously, he's got a very distinct style of doing story and action. And it right. looked like at any moment, you know, any of the kick-ass characters could have dropped in. 
I, I just had fun. Wa- I, I, it's weird. It's almost like the season where I really love the long take. Cause right. that's one, right. I mean, it's not even a camera trick. Like that was one of the few things I knew going in, which is there's a big battle and it's all really one take. That's really fun just to watch anyway. But, but I was, I was actually on board with the kind of head exploding, like use whatever's around you to kill whoever's next to you, right. dispatch them immediately and then use them as a shield for the next. I, I, I was having fun, but I, I can see that side of it, but I just think that yeah. it's uh I like the idea that he did. You know, the same thing happens in Kick-Ass, too, where yeah. it's like, here's a scene, and it looks like this. So right. if we have another scene, it should look similar, yeah. except let's so let's not do that. Right. They do that in Kick-Ass, too, and I think it works a lot better. It's almost sort of, you know, if we're if we're using this trick for a reason, yeah. you know, it's, like, you assume it's, that you it's are. like back to boyhood, right? right? It's like if we have a reason for using this gimmick, then yeah. great, you know, right. throw in a gimmick and it'll be cool. But now it's almost like, you know, he's, uh, I don't want to make it look the same because I'm supposed to. So I don't want to so do that. Right. But now it's like it's I'm not making it look different for a reason. I'm just, you know, throwing a dart at a wall right. and it gotcha. came up it came up this, right. so that's what I'm going to do. And right. then it just doesn't feel like yeah. it's I, I don't know connects with everything I guess in the same way. But still, uh there's there's so much of it that is uh, really good and so fun yeah. and, and and you know, Colin Firth just bizarrely fits himself into this yeah. movie too. Yeah. I mean, he's he's really good, but you know, when you think back on all the other stuff you've seen him in, yeah. It's not like you're just, you know, showing up to James mm-hmm. Bond tryouts. No. This is a weird role yeah. that you uh, you know, this is not a uh this is not just showing up to be in a spy movie. This right. is like a very specific thing, and you have to play it in a very specific way. And it's actually, um, I think him and Mark Strong has this same kind of thing going in where he has a lot of opportunities in this movie to play things in a different way, and it would be okay, right. but he doesn't. He plays it like in exactly the right way. Right. You know, he Mark Strong has the exact right kind of uh, you know, I don't have to show off because right. I know how cool I, I, I actually am. And yeah. You have no idea. Yeah. And, you know, Colin Firth has that same kind of thing going on and he plays it in like the smallest ways so well yeah. that he's just like, ah, I was you. And I thought I knew stuff too. Yeah, right. Now I'm the guy who actually knows stuff. Right. And so this is how I act. Yeah, and right. he does it so well. Looking it's over, bizarre. just looking over his his credits, man. I, you you don't really ever get a hint that he's about to do Kingsman. You know, it's not that right, he's right. like this. He's not like a snotty guy or anything else. He, he does just, either. No, he's he just all has over like the this place. thing where he's all over. I mean, most people. I, I, I mean, looking to see if there was anything other than the King's speech that someone would know him from immediately. No, maybe Love Actually. Yeah, but but probably it's the King's speech. But I mean. It looked like it was written. I mean, I know this is a graphic novel, you know, before it just looked like it was written for him. Someone right. was just like, you know, who we're getting for this? Right. It's going to be Colin Firth, and he's going to be awesome, and we're not taking no, and we're going to tell him all these great things. You know, I, I was just thinking before, you know, you mentioned him, you know, because we're in kind of spoiler country. Like, this makes me both want to go read the graphic novel now just to right. see, because it, it was fun. It was really fun enough. And this is hopefully going to be. A series. I don't know if it's a trilogy. Everything's a trilogy, but they want to make more films. And there's some of the people I like the most in this film not going to show up for the other. Films, I know, you know, yeah, right. and that kind of unless it's like a flashback film. I don't know. Maybe they can shoot them out of time. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, but maybe they, I like this enough to want to see more. They like, they they have to continue on with uh, with Eggsy. Yeah, of right? course. And and he has to become you know the the main thing or whatever. Right. But they they'd have to have like some extended flashback part where we see like earlier Colin earlier life yeah, or something. I guess. And this movie starts out way in the past too. So yeah, it's right. like they have the door there be, they for certainly, yeah. other people to, but I mean, you did too, right? You liked it enough. You would see if we knew there was another Kingsman this summer, oh, you'd yeah. be like, I'm, I'm all for that. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It, it, was, it was really, it fun. was really good. There's just, there's so many things that I just, uh, I'm just like, it could have been so much better. It could have been really, it, it, you know, it easily could have been a movie that I would be like nine, not even a question that it it's a nine. It could have been awesome. Yeah. 
And, you know, part of it, too, is that uh, some of the things, I think, that are poor cliches of spy movies that they really stuck with. And then other yeah. things that are poor cliches of spy movies that we went, no, see, that's why they're bad. And so we're going to – this is not that movie, you know, and, and that. Yep. Like especially, you know, the girl who has the uh, the amputated the leg thing that yeah. she kills everyone with. First of all, I thought that part where uh, Jack Davenport dies in the beginning, that was a stupid way to die. Yeah. If he dies, fine. Right. But it's a spy movie, and if you're going to kill him or whatever, I just thought that was like – that was so going, look, this is going to be a silly movie. Right. Not like this is going to be a kind of goofy, fun action movie, but this is going to be a silly movie. Right. And then luckily it changes my mind within a few minutes because it yeah, does very a bunch quickly. of better stuff. Yeah. But man, right then you're going, oh, we just started. Yeah. But you know, one of the one of the other you know bad cliches about uh, movies is when you got like Jaws and James Bond, yeah. or uh, Nick Knack right. with his hat that has a blade yeah. in it or something. Right. You know, they're not people. You, you know, they don't have anything going on with them, except that they're just the right hand man who kills everybody and. I would have liked to have not seen that so much in this. Yeah. Even though, I mean, she has some lines and she Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, she, but she they, has a few like little throwaway not, moments where she talks and she right. knows things and stuff like that. But it would have been nice if we're going to if we're going to do this yeah. and we're going to sort of like call out a lot of clichés that she was more of a character instead of just the person. Uh, I'm kind of harping on the same like amusement that I did a minute ago, but you just reminded me because of uh, the way Jack dies in the beginning. Like I didn't even say how much fun it was to just suddenly have Mark Hamill in the film too for the yeah, first like 15 that minutes. Was, that and, was awesome. And genuinely, like I know we're going to get to the film. I, I had this, I, I really had this thought when we're getting to the film that I know we're about to get to, which is Colin Firth and the Kingsman and the super, the, the lighter that's a grenade and all the things you see in the trailer. But I'm sitting there for the first 15 minutes and I'm like, Jack Davenport was in this, Mark Hamill's in this. I, I mean, what is this movie? Right. Like, who else is Everybody's in this? For, in it. You know, it felt like it's in some like way... It's not like Mark Hamill just keeps turning up in movies. No, and either. he's not... Yeah, right. I mean, I know he's on the verge of Star Wars reemergence right. again, but it, it started to feel for a few minutes like the Austin Powers film where everybody makes a cameo in right. the opening scene. And I'm like, if they do this, that's great. You know, I just want to keep watching all the weird stuff that keeps happening. Right. But, um, yeah, no, I, I agree with her. She could have been She could have been utilized a little bit different but i'm glad that i'm glad that the women in the film you know he he has a real interesting take on women in films too they're not always just like drug users or whores or like right. objects to be traded and to chase you know they're not MacGuffins. they're they're people right. you know for the most part and it was nice to also see that the characters who were vying for the open kingsman spot were women too and right. and holding their own if not be doing better so right and the, and then uh you know still every, the more you think about the film, I think this is a movie that, like, you really just have to not think about it. Like, yeah. And I think that's weird because, you know, when I left Kick-Ass and, you know, for like the month after... I that first, was South I by first, Southwest, right? That yeah. was the one that you saw. Yeah, yeah I saw, Man, that, I saw that one at, that the, at the premiere and it was, uh, it was fantastic. It I bet was, the audience it was weird. Was crazy. And, you know, the <laughs> thing about that movie, too, is that I went in, especially at the... Uh, at the festival, I went in not thinking, obviously, this is going to be the next right movie thing. that I love that's yeah. going to, you know, blow me away. Yeah. So I went in with, like, you know, kind of middling expectations, sure. really. And then I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. And it, and it was awesome. But I feel like that was a movie that it was crazy and it was silly and it was just a big goofball time. Yeah. But afterwards, you could think about it. Yeah. And you could go, no, that's fine. Right. I, I mean, right. what it was, it, it had a lot more thought put into it beforehand so that you could think about it afterwards. You know, it's yeah. not like, it's not like afterwards you go, well, now that I think about it, you know, kick ass would never, never done do that this. Or, and he would always been stopped. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And, and this one is just, has a lot of open territory. Yeah to wonder about the ways that it plays out and think, eh, you know, probably not. Yeah. So, um, but it is, it is still really super fun, but I don't know that you want to, 
try to overanalyze yeah, it like we so like we, we have to do. do. You will uh, you will start tearing it apart. <laughs> if if I had seen Jack Davenport's name on like a trailer list or something, I would have just been like, well, he's number two. You know, he's clearly Valentine's. Uh, you know, Samuel J. Samuel right. uh, Jackson's henchman. That's right. going to be the bad guy. You know, but. I, the only thing I, I liked about like that he he could have done with some henchmen you know, too. Yeah, you he know, not not Certainly just like more the, than that. Not yeah. just the girl, but if you know some other people yeah. who are actual characters who got right. actual lines instead of just going around to all the rich and famous people yeah. and you know talking to them for a few minutes. Right. And, the one thing I did like about how how kind of campily dispatched Jack Davenport was in the first few minutes is when she goes around and you know there's a knock at the door and she goes around. She's and so covers it, covers, covers up one half and covers up the other. I don't <laughs> was like, was okay, cool. that's kind of fun. That, that, it that's it fun. was kind of fun that, you know, except that's one of those things that's it, just a goofy quirk, just like him yeah. lisping, right. where we don't really do anything with it. Yeah. And even, you know, the lisping, we get like uh, three sentences at one point about how people made fun of him when he was little because he lisped. But that's not enough. Right. And, you know, the fact that at one point he will finally see blood and throw up, that's not enough either. Right. Especially in this particular case that we're setting up where he can't stand to see violence and his chosen method of destroying the world is to have everyone turn into a lunatic and slaughter everyone else. Yeah. There's more to do with that that, than just to mention it once and go see yeah i mean it was and and even you know he he does finally uh you know pull the trigger on on someone and literally can't stand it yeah right yeah and still you know there's more to do with the bigger concept of how he's doing this you know and it's uh even just this weird fact that he's trying to like call the population, you know, there are other ways to call the popul- population, especially right. if you have this weird anti-violence thing that you can't see it right. and you're a billionaire, you come up you with some other way to slaughter most of the population right, of right. the planet. Right. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, and if you're going to do that, then, you know, have that do some work in the movie and right. talk about it and yeah. develop something. Yeah. But anyway. I also like before we run out of time, we're getting uh, pretty close. Can't remember what's next week. Well, I was just next looking. Week is we've we've got it? a weird. We got a weird pick. It's, I mean, what's opening wide will be Hot Tub Time Machine too. Oh, God. okay. And then Kevin Costner's other film, McFarland USA or The Duff. Oh, that is a tricky one. And I feel like out of those, we're probably uh, not going to get McFarland USA. We're probably going to get Hot Tub Time Machine it, too. It's probably going to have to be, although, you know, considering uh, Kevin Costner's, you know, weird race to be in as many movies as he can in a hurry. Really? Uh, it's it, that, that one does look pretty good. Yeah, and I but, heard him... But Hot Tub Time Machine is... It's the one that's going to be bigger, right? right? I, mean, I heard, I heard uh, Costner talking about the film on ESPN, actually, and... You know, I'll be damned. I w- I'll go see Kevin Costner in anything. Anyway, he's he's always been one of my favorite actors, and he still is with all the resurgent stuff he's been doing in the last year and a half. He, he made it sound great. He made it sound like a lot of fun. But again, I don't know if we'll get it. But I mean, I know we'll get Hot Tub Time Machine right. too. But Hot Tub Time Machine too, whether it's really fun or whether it's really stupid, or it could be really both. It's one of these films that I just remember the push from Oscar season into this season, which is that small window before the summer films really hit, and you just get the stuff Where that no one was going to release. Right. So you right. get Ski Patrol Six. And, Where it's right. It's, you know, it's uh, the things that, well, not everything, no, but a sure. lot of the things you know yeah. that come out basically between mid to end January yeah. and like the end of March is. A lot of those things are things that we're lucky to get a release. Yeah, at right. All, I know. Right? Yeah. So, so anyway, I think that's it. And if you go by, because uh, people seem to like it when we say stuff like that too. If you go by the trailer that we're seeing, I, I mean, for hot I, I think you get too. exactly what you see you know, in that trailer. See, and if the, that trailer puts you off, don't don't go see that. movie. The thing that's weird about that movie too, and I I was going to say something else about the movie, but oh. uh, I don't. Even remember. You don't remember what it was. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say something actually about um, the part where they go through the training. Yeah, is actually mostly pretty cool. Yeah, and it's that's a part of the theory of this movie 
that could easily go wrong and be mostly goofy. Yeah. And they did a pretty good job of that because you have to sell varying degrees of it being interesting and dangerous and caring that they're doing it and, you know, try to build some actual way to care that people might not make it. Right. Although it seems very strange that they explain how nobody really got hurt for all this time, except we really do want you to kill the dog. Right. I don't know. I don't know how that all meshes together. Anyway, but the Hot Tub Time Machine is a very weird thing because the first movie, going into the first movie, I thought, this is going to be the dumbest thing ever. The yeah. whole theory of this movie is completely stupid. Yeah. And then it was pretty good, actually. Yeah. It, it was not great or anything, but, yeah. um, you know, it's the kind of role that John Cusack can somehow make you okay with the fact that you watched His it. His choice, yeah. <laughs> it's like, right. Right. Uh, and and it it had a bit more to it than you thought when you were going in because yeah. it it looked really stupid yeah. and it actually kind of had a plot I and think, it was like this fun throwback 80s yeah. you know nonsensical right. thing and it was just a you know just a bit of a laugh for right. no reason and it was kind of fun and this one I'm like oh my god first of all it looks 10 times stupider yeah and it's got no John Cusack. Well, I was just going to say, do you feel better or worse that, that John Cusack isn't in it? Because if he, if he was in it, I you feel, might feel, I feel worse. I feel worse about having to see it. Right, I know. But then, on the other hand, I feel better for him John not right, being not in, being in it, it or right. whatever. Yeah. I don't know. But. It could it could really surprise. It could be really a fun. You know, it's only a 90-minute film, which thankfully. But it could be a, a – it, it's not going to be. Uh, yeah. It's going to be a hard one, I think. But. I don't know. It's going to be a hard one to get through. But and the weird thing is, is that I like most of the people who are in it. Yeah. I mean, I like them too. Yeah. They're not John Cusack for me. No. But right, but. but especially because especially because the the three main people who are in it. Yeah. And there's actually they suck in another fourth. They at, do. at one point. But the three main people who are like still in it, I I really feel like they'll be in anything. Yeah, I think they like, would be. They, like, they will sign yeah, up. I think I've be. seen them in, it, even if it's like a commercial. Like, the the you, funny they thing. They will do anything. Just, and I'm showing you, but I can't show everyone. The funny thing is you scrolling through like IMDb and you see like the top five people. And then what you see is a headshot of like a lot of attractive women, which have to be like the conquest <laughs> of one over the other. And that right. doesn't bode well, you know, right. but anyway, it, it'll be, it'll be a time. It will. It, It'll be either good will, or a bad time. It, but it will be you know, looking time. at the next, looking at the next few weeks, looking at what we're probably going to see, there's a lot of that weird. Like I don't know. There's nothing real substantial coming out for a while. I mean, Chappie comes out in two or three weeks, and that's the first. What well, I know what we're seeing kind of thing. Right. I'm, I'm actually pretty interested to see that. And then not only that, yeah. but right away there are like a few things, even if they're not really huge, like the. Uh, the sequel, like the next, I forget the name of it because it's a sequel, but it doesn't say it in a sequely way. It's like the second best. <laughs> oh, right, Marigold, the second best of Marigold Hotel, whatever uh, exotic Marigold Hotel. Uh, yeah, you know that was a really good movie. Yeah, I mean that. I forgot that was. That's out. not like necessarily your young people date night time no. <laughs> at the theater, but that was a really good movie, and it was like the very sleepery thing. What a killer cast! And it's too. kind of surprising that it even got another. Yeah, movie because yeah. it's not like it made a ton of money. Man, that's got a lot of great people in it too. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting one. I think that's even like the same week as Chappie. But yeah, it is. Anyway, but next anyway, week anyway. everyone uh, will be desperate to hear what we think about Hot Tub Time Machine Two prediction. No, and uh, no, there's no, no. There, there's no point. Um, we might as well predict <laughs> Fifty Shades of Grey. Um, right. Which you know, and there there too, you know that movie. Since, since people ask us about it, that's a weird movie that made a lot of money and is not even really highly rated on the user ratings that I've seen of things. Yeah. It's like, I'll go see it, but I'm not going to click the button that says that right. I like it, right. even though right. no one will know I clicked the button, right. whatever. Yeah, anyway. sure. <laughs> All right, so uh, next week cool. it is Looks pretty like. solidly Hot Tub Time Machine to and uh, maybe some Oscar stuff. Yeah, who knows? We, that'll we be a good week to uh, fill up. Yeah. Some time doing yeah, something else. Anyway, uh, we'll get out of here. Thanks for tuning in, especially if you're anywhere where there's blizzardiness going right. on. Man, envious. Which we which we missed, uh, thankfully. 
And uh, anyway, share, subscribe, rate us and review us on iTunes. Uh, go to com and uh, sign up for the weekly newsletter uh, because we have really started kicking off with that. And we are going to have uh, like email newsletter specific giveaways yeah. that cool. uh, you have to be signed up for that in order to win. And we will see you next week. Yeah, bye. Cabela's is coming to Northern Virginia with their spectacular new store in Gainesville. Find everything you need for hunting, fishing, camping, and shooting sports, plus much more. Join us for our grand opening celebration Thursday, March 9th at 10 a.m. Be one of the first 500 in line and receive a Cabela's gift card worth up to $500, plus a chance to win one of three Remington firearms. See store for details. Don't miss Cabela's grand opening in Gainesville, located off I-66 and Highway 29 near Virginia Gateway. Cabela's is coming to Northern Virginia with their spectacular new store in Gainesville. Find everything you need for hunting, fishing, camping, and shooting sports, plus much more. Join us for our grand opening celebration Thursday, March 9th at 10 a.m. Be one of the first 500 in line and receive a Cabela's gift card worth up to $500, plus a chance to win one of three Remington firearms. See store for details. Don't miss Cabela's grand opening in Gainesville, located off I-66 and Highway 29 near Virginia Gateway.